This is The 441, the podcast where I ask questions about the juggling community, do the research, assemble a panel of experts, and talk it out to inspire you to continue the conversation. I'm your host, Bailey Chihan, and this is The 441 on getting involved in the juggling community. If you caught our previous episode, The 441 on juggling education, you might remember that I'm a juggling scene newcomer. While I enjoy practicing at home, I know that sharing juggling with others opens the door to more learning, creativity, and fun. How do you find other people who juggle? And where? In this episode, I talk with four seasoned jugglers from across the U.S. about how to connect with other jugglers in person or online. We'll talk about juggling clubs, festivals, and communities on the internet. Before I introduce our panel, I want to thank the International Jugglers Association for making this podcast possible. Thank you, IJA. Here's a look at the panel. Alex Payne is a middle school teacher and professional juggler from Missoula, Montana. He's the founder of the theatrical circus production company Lamplighter Entertainment. Alex has loved to juggle since he was 13 years old and finds a lot of inspiration in how the juggling of clubs has developed over the years. You may have caught Alex competing in Battle Night at the 2023 IJA Festival in South Bend. Dana Daly is a circus artist currently in Minneapolis, Minnesota. She loves to play and has always been fascinated with patterns and shapes. So it's fitting she found a love for juggling in high school. Dana starred as Alive in the world premiere of Dead and Alive, a dark, whimsical, off-Broadway clown show. Most recently, Dana performed at the 76th annual IJA Festival in South Bend, Indiana. Ben Brown is a musician and juggler residing in Lake Worth, Florida. He works as an enhancement instructor in performing arts at Boys and Girls Clubs of Palm Beach County. He describes himself as being in between a hobby juggler and a pro juggler, but one thing is clear, he's a phenomenal trumpet player. You may have caught him performing on trumpet at Renegade at the 2023 IJA Festival. Sophia Nothi is a longtime hobby juggler currently residing in Rockledge, Florida. Juggling has been a part of Sophia's life since childhood, where she was introduced to the juggling world through the former youth juggling company Jugheads, which was a springboard into the larger juggling world. Today, Sophia works for a private space flight company and stays connected with her juggling roots by serving on the board of directors for the International Jugglers Association and by attending regional juggling festivals around the country. Thank you all for joining the conversation on connecting with other jugglers. You know, juggling is a great solo activity, but it's even more fun to share juggling with someone else. It may seem like a basic question, but asking how do you find other people who juggle is so important because community is so important. I know I just gave your introductions, but I'm interested in hearing a bit more about your backgrounds with juggling. Sophia, do you want to start? Yeah, absolutely. So I actually learned how to juggle on my own. I learned from the book Juggling for the Complete Klutz. However, I was lucky enough that for whatever reason, in my Minneapolis suburb, Edina, we had a youth juggling program called the Jugheads Youth Juggling Company. Uh, Once some of my friends realized that, oh, she learned how to juggle, you got to join Jugheads. So I was able to join Jugheads, which is really cool. It's a youth juggling company that spanned like second grade through 12th grade. Um, 
it was day camps in the summertime. It was after school clubs during the school year. We got to travel. We did do some gigs and things like that, which was really fun. So I ended up switching schools a lot when I was a kid. But throughout all of my different schools that I went to, I like Jugheads was my consistent source of socialization, friendships, and it was what I ended up doing the most. So I was able to form a lot of really great lifelong friendships and still to this day, hang out with these people as much as I can. Although now I live in Florida and most of them still live in Minnesota. Sophia, do you want to talk about never thriving? I kind of dropped off juggling a little bit there in college, um, but came back around to it with Never Thriving, which is a local Minneapolis juggling club. Um, They meet every Monday night and now have a second day a week. And I was able to continue to foster different friendships and expand my juggling horizons a little bit beyond my my youth juggling program. Um, From there, you know, we would go to different juggling festivals throughout the country, which was really fun. Um, I was able to do that a little bit with Jugheads, but um, my mind expanded as I got up out of into the more adult juggling world um, and realized that there is life in juggling outside of Jugheads. Um, I realized, though, like the older I get, just the more important that social aspect and that community aspect is. For me, um, most of my core friendships are from juggling or other circus related arts and from there decided to become more involved within the International Jugglers Association and be on the board of directors and give back to the community that has given me all of my best friendships. Alex, why don't you tell us where your story starts? My, my story is definitely a little uh, different on that note. I didn't really find community in juggling in my origins of juggling. I had a couple instructors earlier on in my juggling life. Um, Bob Berkey was a person that taught me some juggling. He uh, was a juggler in Jackson, Wyoming, where I grew up. And he was like a big theater guy. So he kind of introduced me to that whole aspect, a little bit more showy style of juggling, as well as another juggler named Sven. He did this show called Sphere that was like pretty life changing for me. And I was like sending email threads to him about how to do Mills Mess. And it was kind of this cool, like, I don't know, communication to a person that was deep into the art form of juggling. That was probably when I was 14 years old. And then just kind of continued um, as a hobby for me and my kid to like becoming adult life. It's always just been a home base in my life. Correct me if I'm wrong. Did you start a club at your college? Yeah, I started up a circus club uh, as just like a little gathering spot for circus arts. And then there was another group called the Mask Artisans that was like a performance troupe. So one was more like adulty oriented. One was more college oriented. I started those communities just to have a... Yeah, a a nice home for myself. Honestly, I feel like I've enjoyed the circus community. Yeah, a lot as soon as I came out of the whole of Jackson Hole into Montana, I feel like meeting that community here has been really powerful for me. Just through slacklining on the campus, pulling in other people that like to practice coordination sports and yeah, a new experience having people to perform with as well as practice with. It was just a really, you feel feel such a high level of belonging and it's just so not competitive in its nature. I feel like you just are all practicing your own discipline, which is really fun. And Dana, you started juggling in high school and since then you've built a career as a circus artist. You also started a juggling club in Chicago. Tell me all about that. Uh, yeah, similar to Alex, it's like, I just needed a place to be. I started a club at my college also, but in Chicago, yeah, I held it specifically at a place that was like, had overt anti-racist and 
queer positive like culture in the, in the place itself. It was at a anarchist bookstore or community space. In it would have been called an info shop at that time. So just like being in that room, you would be around literature and propaganda that was like, oh, very, very, very affirming for some people and less, less affirming for other people. And tell me some other things that were hosted in that shop, because it wasn't just a bookstore, right? Yeah, there'd be fundraisers and there was like activist group, a lot of like direct action groups. Like um, at the same time as we had juggling, there was a Animal Liberation Front meeting in the basement and they hated us because we um, were we would drop some of the animal liberation people started just coming to juggle club instead which i do feel a little bad about but it was cute but yeah there was all kind i also attended other meetings there there'd be meetings there that there was like food not bombs and which is just like a feeding people like a like a soup kitchen there's regular soup kitchen meetings there under the name of food not bombs and then there was you know, making posters and uh, banners and stuff for marches and whatever kind of stuff. Awesome. Yeah. And then Ben, you've also been juggling for a long time, but you have kind of a unique story. Can you tell us how you found a group of jugglers in Florida? When I moved to Florida, I had stopped juggling uh, for quite some time. And I met uh, my friend Bill Nichols, the I believe the first day that I moved to Lake Worth, he was on J Street juggling, just doing a three ball routine. That's how I met him. And then he and I both had the shared disappointment of not having anybody to pass with and not really, neither of us really had tried passing before. And we wanted to learn, but didn't have anybody to to, um, practice with. So we started um, practicing together, meeting up kind of wherever we could. At some point, he and I and our other uh, two friends, Jeff Rhodes and Tommy Danger, uh, started meeting up together every Wednesday in Bryant Park. Not the Bryant Park in New York, but the Bryant Park in, uh, in Lake Worth, Florida. And we've been doing that since... I want to say 2015. I'm not exactly sure when we started, but it's been many years. Yeah. And so our 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 sort of juggling club, if you want to call it that, our juggling meetup has never has never been very big. Um, the most attendance we've had at a time is maybe like 15 people. It's just that thing of having this consistent place to go where there's at least going to be a couple of people who are going to want to practice with you and share with you and stuff. Yeah. Continuing on that topic of juggling clubs, Sophia, you've been to a lot of juggling clubs. Juggling clubs are, are, I don't know, it's whenever I travel somewhere new, or especially if I'm going to be there for an extended amount of time, I do try to find if there's an active juggling club in the area. I think it's really awesome to be able to go somewhere and already have a built-in community essentially because at least at this point in time like having been a part of the juggling world for god like 23 years um it's i there's usually going to be at least a friendly face whether it's somebody i know from the internet or somebody that i've gotten to meet in person before who attends one of those clubs but i think it's 
juggling is, can be, I don't want to say it is, it isn't always, but juggling can be just this wonderful unifier of, you know, I'm going to a new place. I might be in over my head. I might not know anybody, but at least I can probably find somebody else here who juggles and there, there's a built-in connection point at that, you know, area. So I moved, as I mentioned before, moved to Florida like exactly a year ago, actually. And one of the first things I did was try to find the local jugglers. There is um, a juggling club nearby that I haven't been to as much as I probably should. Um, but I have connected with a few other people within my, um, within my industry who juggle and, and we meet up and juggle when we can, which is, which is really fun. So it's just a really awesome way to just to find those connection points wherever you go. Feeling of home base has been huge in my juggling world as well. That that was the uh, deciding factor of where I wanted to go to finish off my degree in education. I was going to go to Dublin or Cork, either in Ireland, but Cork had a more regular circus community and had its, it seemed like they had a little bit more, yeah, more members participating in a circus jams and things. So I went for that. And that was probably one of the most warming experiences. Yeah, most definitely. The feeling of friendship from afar, just being able to go to any community and have some like-minded folk. It's pretty much the dream. It's awesome. I love juggling for that for that aspect. All of you highlighted the importance of actively engaging in the juggling community. And I think an easy way to get connected with other jugglers is through social media and the internet. Of course, juggling has existed long before Instagram and YouTube and long before videography and photography we have found depictions of juggling on the walls of ancient Egyptian tombs and in statues and carvings from ancient Rome. And I'm trying not to get on a tangent here about juggling history, but I'll take a second to say if you're interested in more about this, Tom Wall wrote an excellent book that I mentioned in the first episode of the 441. It's called Juggling from Antiquity to the Middle Ages. Anyone who likes history and circus arts should read it, in my opinion. But... All of this is to say I find it really interesting to see how juggling has been brought to the internet. I think internet culture is fascinating. In a second, we'll talk about the current juggling landscape online, but let's start with the early juggling forums. Sophia, can you tell me about the forum you used? So it was called rec.juggling, and it was a website. It was a message board um, back in the, I said I started, oh man, I don't even know, early 2000s. Most likely, probably whenever I first was able to use the internet, mostly unchecked. <laughs> so I found it to go talk to strangers online, thankfully, mostly about juggling. Um, but it was just this whole message board a website, and it was focused on juggling. And so this was just like mind boggling to, you know, my 12, 13 year old mind that, oh, my God, like there's jugglers from literally all over the world. <laughs> like everybody is doing this because I had been exposed to like at Jugheads, we would watch like videos of Jason Garfield and we knew like we'd watch old IJ championship videos and things like that. I don't know, being able to log on direct.juggling though and actually have a lot of these bigger name jugglers and also people who knew who famous in many air quotes, famous jugglers are and to be able to talk to each other. And that was where I started seeing more like tutorials pop up. And then that was also at the advent of YouTube. So it was just this massive influx of juggling media that I loved as, you know, a middle schooler in the early 2000s who was highly interested in this very niche hobby of juggling. 
I don't know if it's the, what the right term is. There was like a Usenet group or an internet forum that then became like a Google group or something. And there was just a internet juggling database, I think was the website or something like that. And that had threads and threads of conversation and archives. So if someone came in and was like, hey, I'm learning five balls, you could just give them a link to exhaustive conversation about it rather than answer, try to answer that every time. Or um, if there was a big fight about whatever. But the, I guess the per, some part of the problem of being archived, there was some problems with things being archived too, because... Yeah, if someone was like rude in a way, that was all, that also stayed there. Yeah, uh, I feel like continue on that. I uh, I fell in love with juggling.tv back when that was mm. a thing mm-hmm. too, and that one was a pretty big network, and it was just all video, so it wasn't quite as much dialogue, but a lot of comment threads kind of would go off and discussing people's different styles and how they were, yeah, incorporating different ideas. That one's not really up and running. I think the website's still like active, but you can't post or you can't do anything on it at least to my knowledge. Yeah. yeah, that one was kind of a sad one to to see go because it was just so consolidated. I feel like it was like, I don't know, you can go onto YouTube and try to find juggling videos, but a lot of times the one with the ones with a lot of views are, to a juggler's mind is like so traditional and classic mm-hmm. that finding those little niche videos inside some platforms is it's harder to do, I feel like now without those those points. I do kind of feel like there is a, a need for that level of community on the, I don't know, on the internet. So it could be cool to see where that takes off. I know I feel like I get most of my juggling videos and through Instagram now, mm-hmm. which is nice, but it's always these short little, little snippets. Uh, but, you know, it doesn't quite fully scratch the itch of the juggling community and seeing what people are doing. It, it's interesting now. And I think a lot of people still I don't know if more in the loss of rec.juggling is necessarily accurate or not, but I think that like Facebook groups have taken a lot of that format now. So places like, I don't know, juggling home, um, there's more niche juggling groups do like more focused on, you know, like women in juggling or, um, I don't know, like just even like queers and juggling there, you know, it's to kind of narrow down your, your niche, um, and find even a, a niche of your niche within, <laughs> within the juggling and, and circus world, which I think is, is pretty fascinating. YouTube was a big place for jugglers to converge. Again, probably mid-2000s. I don't remember exactly when YouTube began, um, but that was another place where we were able to actually go find jugglers online. But to circle back on your actual question, I think Facebook groups fill the need for that online juggling interaction in a way that I don't necessarily see other places. I'm in a couple of uh, Instagram threads uh, and one WhatsApp group. Uh, uh, the WhatsApp group and one of the Instagram threads are are local. They're for like local jugglers, but some other ones are for like, you know, jugglers with shared interests. Um, you can always just start, in a, start a, a thread with friends. I don't know if that's really answering the question in terms of like resources that are already out there but like that's that's been a a big you know a big part of how I get I get my juggling news from social media um one of the great places that um uh during lockdown was uh really a really great spot for me to, uh, to um interact with jugglers was uh was Marvin Ong's discord bunch of folks on there and they're all chatting about juggling and sharing 
juggling videos that inspire them and and that was uh that was really great i haven't really been there in a while so i don't really know what the state of it is it's probably still going strong as far as i know but who is marvin for people who don't know marvin is one of my favorite like flow style club jugglers I don't know how to I don't know how to describe him outside of that, but check him out. His stuff is really good. Yeah, like Alex, I get my juggling fix from Instagram. I think it's really fun to see the short clips of what people are working on. And I like to share what I'm working on too. Sometimes people message me with suggestions. That's something I really like about jugglers. In my experience, they're really eager to share tips and tricks and encouragement. Before we continue, I want to say thank you to our sponsor, Modern Vaudeville Press. Modern Vaudeville Press is a boutique publishing company specializing in high-quality nonfiction books about juggling, circus, and the variety arts. I've been a Modern Vaudeville Press fan long before I learned to juggle. Find the full catalog at modernvaudevillepress.com. Let's transition into talking about juggling festivals. I had plans to attend Madfest this year, but a blizzard hit Eastern Iowa like the day before I was supposed to go and that prevented me from attending. Mondo is also in my neck of the woods, so that was on my list to go to this year. But my very first festival was an IJA and I think I'm really lucky to have that as my first festival. For those not familiar with my background, I'm from Cedar Rapids, Iowa, which is where the IJA held their 75th annual festival. And I work as a multimedia journalist. So I decided to cover the festival. Now keep in mind, I am not a juggler at this point. Um, ahead of the festival, I watched some juggling videos. I had plans to cover the water scuggling show. So I watched videos on that. And I also had a great interview with Sam Malcolm about props and juggling history. If you don't know who Sam Malcolm is, you should really look him up. He's a comedian, a juggler, and the first person I had a real conversation about juggling with. So thank you, Sam, for not letting me go to my first festival calling clubs pins, like bowling pins. While covering the Cedar Rapids Festival, I could only go a couple of days, a couple hours at a time but I did get a chance to see world championships and Cascade of Stars in my free time. And that's where the juggle bug bit me. And I haven't been able to shake my fascination with people throwing and catching things ever since. But I think the consensus for people who attend IJA festivals is that it's this really magical week. Here's what our panelists had to say on the topic of juggling festivals whether that's small regional festivals or big ones like the IJA. I can say that I've been struck by the number of, like, because I've been to two IJA festivals so far, and the number of genuine friendships that I've been able to make with jugglers that I really look up to. I, whether I followed them beforehand or, you know, met them at IJA and went, wow, that guy's really cool. At a festival like IJA, you meet a lot of people who are kind of superstars in your eyes, who at this one festival or at this these few festivals that happen X number of times a year are like on top of the world, or at least might might seem like they're on top of the world, but but like by any larger scale metric are not famous which doesn't mean that they're not like some of the best people at what they do, but it means that they 
navigate around the world um, or they navigate around their world like regular folks. And so when they interact with you, they're going to interact with you and they're going to react to you the way regular folks would react to you. And I think that even now, knowing that there's a lot of times when I when it's it's difficult for me to um, work up the guts to say hello to somebody, but I've been able to garner some real genuine friendships with people that I really look up to just because in a particular moment, I did have the guts to say hello. I feel like just the IJA is just such a big event. I mean, you have like, I think it was somewhere around 800 people there. So really cool to have that kind of wide range of individuals. Yeah, I mean, anywhere from like, you know, little kids tromping around to like grandpas that are hanging out, spinning balls and fingers. It's, yeah, it feels like magic. I feel like in those times too, you always have all the jugglers that you look up to and people that you've nerded out on and like followed on social media or whatever for a long time. And yeah, crossing their paths and saying, hey, it's pretty magical. I feel like you, I don't know, at least through Instagram and through other social media networks, you kind of feel like you get to know somebody a bit through their juggling, even if you're not even talking that much. So it's kind of interesting they're going into. But yeah, really top-notch shows. I mean, I feel like having a show every single night and a really cool theater space, it felt really magical. Alex, you said there was like 800 people. For me, sometimes a smaller a smaller festival is uh more exciting because i'll spend more time incidentally with christian clock metaphorically or literally to spend more quality time with people that maybe i didn't know before a lot of midwest festivals i tend to go to them and not even meet new people but that's just because i've been going to them for 20 25 years or something so so at the time we're recording this i've only been to ija festivals can you tell me what other festivals are like like what's the what's the vibe yeah, I started probably started going to like Madfest in the middle '90s or late '90s. Madfest, Mondo, some festivals that don't exist anymore. In '96, I think I threw a festival at my high school. We had a, a juggle club at my high school. At that time, the IGA would mail you a, a a roster. It was just a a book with everyone's all the members' names and addresses and phone numbers in it. Yeah, I just mailed flyers to everybody in neighboring states. And people just came to, but but I had access to uh, like a huge open room and to Xerox machine and postage. So through this through the high school, so I just was able to invite people. I think that local stuff and even your local club, most local clubs are just totally free to go to. Most clubs are just built on people being like, "I'll be here at this time on this day." every week. And that's just, that's the whole, that's the beginning and end of the organizational structure. There's not usually a hierarchy. Most, for the most part, you just go and do what you want and let everybody else do what they want. And then, yeah, you can collaborate with people or share, um, maybe do some passing. And the same, same is true for a lot of local festivals. There's like no fee or a very minimal fee, but IJA is, it's expensive though to go and have a hotel room for a week. And I think that the cost is a big, is a big gatekeep. And it's great that there's been scholarships more recently, but being always in the Midwest and being always held in sort of a campus that requires or almost requires a hotel stay is still continues to be prohibitive. And if it was to be in like a city or 
occasionally on the West Coast, I think that would be a lot more accessible for a lot more people. Some of the other festivals I've seen, like camping's like a pretty big part of it. And that can kind of help with with cost, right? I was going to say like some of the flow festivals in states, it's much more predominant to have camping at your like kinetic or fire drum or whatever it's called Kindle now. But juggling festivals in most other places in the world are are camp more like camping festivals like we would know a music festival like where there's tents and like I went to Berlin juggling festival and paid 50 euro for the whole the whole festival for my including my stay and two meals a day and my ticket to the show and I don't know it's just a lot it's just a lot different but of course that's di- you know that requires you want to sleep on the ground so uh it's uh, the the average age of fe- juggling festivals in Europe is like 21 it's like a ton it's so young the people that go and it's it is a lot more like a party there'll be like i went to one ejc and so it was like five and a half thousand people and i would spend uh sometimes like a half an hour a day just trying to find my my main persons i wanted to hang out with and I don't know. It was great. Amazing. I would love to go again. When I, when I was in Ireland too, they had a international circus festival there. And that one was just all different circus arts. And it was pretty close to where I was, just a little train ride away from where I was staying in Cork. And that was within my first two weeks of being in Ireland. So it was really just the most magical community experience I could ever imagine. I mean, these people that I knew existed, all of a sudden you're spending three days straight, four days straight, just like seeing them every day and hanging out and talking made my community in Ireland really memorable and got me intertwined into the group Circus Factory. So that whole group out there was really, really quite peaceful and wonderful to be around. I guess as far as my festival experience goes, uh, done a handful of different like juggling centered uh, festivals, went to Juggle Fest, which is in um, Texas, in Austin, Texas. That one's like definitely smaller than IJA, but still has like, you know, awesome shows and has that community aspect to it. Actually went there for my 21st birthday nine years ago. So we did that whole experience. And then, uh, yeah, let's see. Fire festivals are huge. Like Flow Arts festivals are awesome. Definitely have like a different vibe to them. But they're also just like a wonderful place of learning. I feel like it's just the same style of like a music festival where everyone's hanging out and camping then club congress is like a super super smaller group it's about like 20 to 50 people depending upon the year and yeah i like to echo what dana was saying too that it just feels good to be around a smaller group as well and have that yeah have that moment where you feel like you're uh yeah you're eating you're sleeping you're hanging out you're going out and grabbing food together you're coming back and training and as much as it is about the juggling and progressing, it's also about that those moments of connection and they can really be felt sometimes in those in those smaller groups as well. But yeah, I don't know. I feel like I have gone through the the flow art scene a good bit. I love that community. I feel like sometimes it's a little tricky to navigate in different ways. But uh yeah, going to music festivals was I feel like a thing for a little while in my life but then i found flow festivals and just feel like it's a it's a more fun environment and you're just hanging out and learning with a bunch of people it feels like there's more of a purpose which feels fun yeah alex what were you what is the what's tricky about navigating flow festivals 
yeah, not not hard to navigate on the financial side of things. But I feel like sometimes just uh yeah, just trying to find your way around and meet different people can be tricky. I feel like sometimes mm-hmm. there is like yeah, different focuses of people on those environments that sometimes are tricky to navigate. So yeah, but overall, I mean, every flow fest I've been to has been super lovely. I've gotten to yeah. meet a lot of different people and inspired. I come back really inspired and wanting to learn more and more and yeah, give back to that scene. Yeah, that's awesome. I have not actually ever been to a flow festival, which I feel like needs to change in the next year or two. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, someday. I, I have to be honest, I hate camping. And so, but I know I could, I could figure my own, I could figure it out. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I, yeah, I've been to, like I said, haven't been to any flow festivals, but been to a pretty wide variety of juggling festivals from, you know, IJA, uh, Mondo, which is the regional Minneapolis St. Paul juggling festival. That one's not small. That one's usually also rivals the size of the IJA festival, but they partner um, with a unicycling, the Twin Cities Unicycling Club for that one too. And then, you know, Madfest, Madison, Wisconsin, and another like larger larger I put in quotes Midwest festival but then also there's been smaller ones people do try to build new ones so there is a festival called flip fest that happened this was years ago but that probably had like I don't know 30 or 40 people and it was great and uh, when there's a smaller group of people you know you get to hang out with the same like a smaller group of people so you get to know these people a little bit better especially if they're not necessarily um you know people that you knew super well going into the weekend but after you spend three days juggling together then you know you come out of there with some good friends boulder in colorado is another like fairly small smaller but also a really it's always really thoughtfully put on um and again another one that you walk out of there i feel like where you just feel like you either made a lot of good friends or you deepened the friendships that that you already have because that's what smaller intimate groups help with all juggling festivals, I, I don't think I've ever been to one where I was like, that sucked, right? <laughs> like, no matter what, even if it wasn't organized the best, if the organizers are still learning or the venue maybe wasn't amazing, you're still hanging out with a bunch of your closest or soon-to-be closest friends. This question is for anybody. I mean, if if somebody listening is thinking about attending their first festival, what advice would you give them? If they're thinking about going, just go, go to your, go to your local one or go to one that's in a city where you have friends and you can see them at night or just go, whatever. Yeah, definitely go, definitely talk to people. I think one of the things that I'm still learning is you can't take every workshop and you can't do everything all the time. Even if you had a plan to uh, attend a certain workshop or a certain show for a day. Um, and it doesn't happen because your energy levels aren't there. You know, you're going to have a great experience just because you're there. And there are so many things going on every day that you're going to find some experience every day that is going to be great. Even if it's, you know, whether it's what you plan to do or not. Uh, so, yeah, just be responsive to your own um, time needs and energy levels uh, and do as much as you can within reason. Yeah, it's fine to just lay on the floor, too, for a while. If you do, maybe someone else is going to come and lay on the floor with you, you know, or they'll come start chatting you. So I volunteered at the last festival, the 76th annual IJA Festival in South Bend, Indiana. 
And I just want to say volunteering was so valuable to me as a first-time festival goer. That's where I met Sophia, actually. The South Bend Festival is also where I got to see Dana perform for the first time. I got to meet Alex and Ben. I got to meet so many other people. I think I met like 100 people that week minimum. And I mean, like when you go to a festival of IJA size, like you're going to meet a lot of people. But by volunteering, um, I got to meet these people who are longtime festival goers and they could answer all of my questions like, what is Renegade? And who can I eat dinner with tonight? You know, the really important questions. Um, and they are, they are very important questions. Volunteering was not something I brought up in my conversation with Dana, Alex, Sophia, and Ben, but I just wanted to make sure that that got a little mention here in this episode because it truly is part of what made my festival so special. Uh, and just to clarify too, I volunteered on the marketing team. So I was doing some social media work, taking a lot of video, but there's opportunities to do small shifts like volunteering at the registration desk, folding programs each night for the shows. So there's my plug for volunteering at festivals. Speaking of, registration is open for the 77th annual IJA Festival. This year, the festival is coming to my home state, Wisconsin. Very excited about that. Join jugglers from across the globe in Green Bay, Wisconsin for a week of amazing shows, workshops, games, and of course, the juggling community. The festival runs July 8th through the 14th. I hope to see you there. During this conversation, everyone shared stories of creating or finding juggling communities in various parts of the world. From Alex studying abroad in Ireland and getting involved in the circus scene there, to Sophia moving to Florida and making finding a juggling club a priority. Meanwhile, Dana and Ben shared stories about creating juggling clubs. Ben's club isn't the largest juggling club, but it's consistent. Dana concluded that the organizational structure of a club is basically just agreeing to meet at a certain time and showing up. So if those spaces don't exist in your community, it can be pretty simple to start a club. And if you're like me and just starting to build your juggling network, a great place to start is by following jugglers you admire online or by joining Facebook groups, or you can attend a juggling festival. Trust me, you'll make at least 10 new friends every time you go to a festival. Juggling is a global language, and you can find other jugglers or create opportunities to find other jugglers most anywhere in the world. That brings us to the end of this episode of the 441. I truly hope that you come away from this episode with new knowledge about the community. If you have a topic you'd like covered on the 441, please email the441podcast at gmail.com. Today's episode was produced and edited by Bailey Chihon and Benjamin Domascrew. Our sound designer was also Benjamin Domascrew. Thank you again to Tom Wall and Modern Vaudeville Press for sponsoring this episode. And thank you once more to the International Jugglers Association for their sponsorship. That's the 441 on getting involved in the juggling community. I'm Bailey Chihon.